Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Congratulations. I'm so proud and excited. Oh, thank you, sis. Thanks for all your support leading up to it. I honestly feel like I could not have done this birth without so many friends giving me advice. Like, seriously. No, it's because everyone just wants the best thing and the best, like you said it in your post when you announced this, you're just like, I love how simply you put it. You said, this is exactly what we wanted. You could have gone into so much detail and you just kept it at that beautiful place. Of yeah. like It was everything we dreamed of and more. And the ones that know you know exactly what that means. And yeah. Tell yeah, us. I mean, I think that it's weird. Like I, I feel like some people can go into crazy detail with birth stories and mm-hmm. I, I think that they, they're very helpful. Like I listened to a ton of podcasts and I read a lot of stories leading up to this birth. Um, but I also, some of them would be like a little triggering to me because they would seem so perfect that I'm like, I don't know if that's attainable. I don't know if that's true. Like, I don't know if this person's totally telling everything the way it happened. And so, I mean, I think that a lot of times like you are just so excited if you got even like semi what you had envisioned in terms of a birth that you you are over the moon and now I understand why those women were that way you know um because it is this really awesome feat to go natural um but I was actually a friend of mine came over to bring breakfast and she was talking to me and she was like you've actually had every single kind of birth you've possible like it's like you've had a c-section you've had um a vaginal birth with an epidural and you've now had a natural VDAC I'm like that's like funny yeah because like it's not it isn't like it was this smooth birth journey from the start for me and um I think that is why I felt very convicted to try something different this time around um but it was a lot of just like mental work leading up to it and um praying to basically just like cast out fear. And that was the biggest thing for me, I think was just like mental stuff leading up to it. Wow. Yes. Cause you already have to conquer that stuff of fear before, but you had true real memories to pull from, from past births. This is like, you know, it wasn't just fear in general of the unknown. It was fear of things you've seen happen before in your own birth stories yeah and I think birth trauma is very real and I think a lot of women have it and um it can be very hard to overcome those fears if you've had a negative birth experience Mm -hmm. um in any way and um so yeah my c-section with Colby it was just hard because they were like he's so it was so negative the whole room was negative from the moment I got in there like everybody there it was a very pro c-section hospital And they were like, he's so big, you're never going to get him out. Just all this negative stuff. Mm -hmm. And then in this birth room, it was so positive. Like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even utter a negative word. (laughs) The midwife would be like, it doesn't matter how big he is, you're going to be fine. Like, and she, (laughs) and it was funny because I think I might have read this in the book you sent me, the Ina May book. Um, But one of the stories really jumped out to me because Uh, one of the midwives writing it said like the birth mother like sets the tone for the room and that really like sat with me and I just thought to myself like okay like if you go to the pain panic 
mode, like everybody in the room will kind of go there too. And so like Mm. your husband or whoever's there supporting you, like they're going to feel that, like everyone is going to feel that. And so I really, one of my biggest prayers was like to be calm and to be like, even like laughing and having a good time as long as I possibly could. And I mean, that really happened for me up to like seven centimeters. We were like joking around, talking to the nurses, like, you know, if the majority of it was not pain and hardship, that mm-hmm. portion was very, a very small window for me. So yeah, it wasn't a hundred percent pain-free because those stories, I'm like, I don't know if that exists. Maybe it does. And maybe that is something that people actually achieve. Um, but mine was not a hundred percent pain-free, but it was it was still amazing. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm that's just... so funny that you say that B, because I think the pain is part of the good part, right? Like, yeah. so I think it's funny when I read that too, cause I'm like, oh, I liked the pain part because I, d- I mean, take me with a grain of salt, anyone who's listening. But when I say I like the pain part, it's just such a feat. It's just such a mountain. Yes. I was just thinking that I was literally thinking back to the moment where things got really hard And I knew I was going into transition and it was this moment where I looked at Johnny and I knew there was no turning back and (laughs) there was no getting medicine. It was like, it was, and it wasn't a fear moment. It was literally like, this is happening and you've chosen this path (laughs) and you have to go do this now. And so, um, yeah, it was just like, it was really empowering. And like you said, like, I don't think I had ever experienced the oxytocin release in my other births of like feeling the pain. And then as soon as that baby comes out, it's like the best relief you've ever felt of just like happiness and elation. And I had never felt that before. And so it was just, that part was really cool. Oh, I want to talk about your birth story from start to finish. I just have to talk that pain part first. B is so funny. You said that because after natural births, this probably happened to you. Um, the baby's in your arms, you're yeah. in bed now and, um, you know, they're helping you out and punching your tummy to get the placenta out, all the things. Yeah. And then the pain usually comes, but it's so funny. You're so happy and just overjoyed that it doesn't even matter. But I, I, I remember being in those moments and being like, Hey, can I just have some ibuprofen now? And it's so <laughs> funny because you just do this whole labor for hours, for days, for weeks for you. And yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, I might need some ibuprofen like, oh, for yeah, my I bottom. Oh, yeah, I some ibuprofen at this point. <laughs> Joke. Oh, um, anyway, tell us everything oh you over-due well, date, girl. I mean, I have to say, I have to shout you out, Kens, because I oh, one like thing that always stuck with me was when we watched tea when you mm. were giving birth to Franny, mm. and we it was so fast, first of all. I remember we picked tea up, and she wasn't even with us very long. Like how long was your birth with Franny? Well, you were going to keep her for the night. You were so, I remember you being so shocked. You're like, what? We put her in pajamas. Like, <laughs> oh my God, you. But uh, yeah, I was on the highway picking Colin up. Cause I had a feeling, cause you always know just like you did. And yeah, from, how it was, long was it from start to finish four hours? Yeah. Okay. So, that's what I thought. Yeah. Good memory. I feel like we had just picked her up. We, we, you know, we were doing activities and then all of a sudden Colin's like, she's done like the baby's here and then we brought tea and I just remember you looked so the look on your face was so um happy and Mm -hmm. energy and I just remember being like how does she look like that after birth 
Um, you know, that really sat with me. Yeah. And, and that is what everyone has said to me. They're like, you don't look like you just gave birth. You, you don't sound like you just gave birth. Like it, it is this crazy high, but like everything in life, I feel like it's like, you don't get that feeling unless you kind of, you know, do the hard thing. And so that was, yeah, that was a huge lesson for me. I think in like, it's pain is worth it when like that feeling is on the other side of it. Oh, amen. I, yeah, I have so many questions and comments, but I want to hear as you talk through your story um, and I'll chime in as I think of things because so much is flooding, just like that elation you spoke of and the joy on the other side. Yeah. But okay, Augustine Joseph, are you there? Oh yeah, he's there. He's thankfully just laying next to me. He loves outside. So we're actually on our back porch and he's laying in this little bassinet that my mom found at like a thrift store and it's his favorite place to lay. So here we are just laying out here. I love that. Okay. So days before your due date, which was August 24th, but it got changed a few times and you know, the doctors are hilarious. Who Exactly. And you got to the due date and the strength and the, the patience, like how talk to that person who's listening. Oh my. Oh my gosh. I think that if anything, like this birth has taught me a lot of things, first of all, but I think that it mainly taught me that like waiting in the right posture for anything is like, I think, did you send me the same quote? Um, like never be in a rush or we had been talking about that quote and the sales maybe said that the episode before you had the baby Yes. yes and so I think my biggest mental block and like battle leading up to him was I knew like I can go to a dark place because I've been very dilated and I'm getting contractions off and on and mm-hmm. if I go to that dark place then when I actually is go time I am not going to be my best self and that was the hardest thing and actually I don't know if um Lisa Gormley the Catholic therapist might have posted this but um she said something about her birth and being overdue. And she said, every time the sun rose and I was still pregnant, I was so like, it was such a mental battle. And that's exactly how I felt every morning I woke up and I was still pregnant. I was just like, and it it was really just because he had a lot of complications in the beginning of the pregnancy. We didn't know if it was going to be like, we didn't know if he was going to make it. And so I, I just, the anxiety of that, waiting to meet him waiting to make sure he was okay and then going over the due date I was like this is just this is this is driving me to the edge like I don't know no but way. I, I did I, I feel like I powered through it and I would just go on walks I would listen to worship music and I would really try to get myself if I, I felt myself slipping I would mm-hmm. actively be like don't do that and I think that no matter what you're going through whether you're preparing for birth or a race or maybe um a job opportunity, whatever it might be, like, it's like you have to immediately change your mindset if you start to feel yourself going down that path. Um, so, so yeah, that's just what I did. And then finally, we started to get some contractions that were sticking, but that was days later on the Feast of St. Monica, which is Augustine's mom. Such a joke. I just love and, and of course, St. Monica took me to the finish line um, <laughs> at 6 p.m. on her feast day. Um, wow. And it was just, it was very, very different. Like, we went in, and I was starting to feel contractions. And 
but the whole time I was laboring, I was just kind of walk, walking around the room with Johnny, like mm. joking about what we were going to eat when it was over. And <sighs> we prayed the rosary. I mean, these nurses were probably like, these people are crazy. But like, <laughs> the one nurse was like, I just can't believe you are seven centimeters right now. Like, You're was, like, when I've been meter- centimeters for days, nurse. Exactly. I'm like, lady, you don't even know. I've been, I've been six centimeters for weeks. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, but we, I had so many friends like call and pray for me leading up to it. Um, my friend Melina, who's one of our speakers on retreat, she mm-hmm. would just send me voice memo spontaneous prayers like uh, you know her prayer heart i'm like Holy Spirit heart. and i'm just thinking and about it she would just be like lord please send bridget the complication free birth of her dreams you know let there be no cord which did happen but that's okay and she was just like praying all these prayers like and would send them to me and i really mm-hmm. do think that all of that positivity you know just everybody flooding us with prayers and being mm-hmm. and and Friends who had gone natural like you and a couple other girls were just like, you can do this. Every single piece of advice I used at some point, like um, even down to the pushing, like I don't want to get gory for people. But like, I mean, there were moms that were like, this is what you need to do to not tear. And even Uh in the moment of transition, I remember thinking, don't tear. So-and-so told me to do this. So-and-so told me to think like this. Like I remember – Beth Sheree, who's also a speaker on retreat, she was like, Bridget, just think of yourself as a flower down there. And she was like, yeah. think of it opening up. And at first I was like, that is so hippie. And literally in the moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And <laughs> it, it's just funny how like women really supporting women is like a real thing because all of those little nuggets of advice I like took with me and definitely called upon them. Mm, and that was advice too like from people who have already done it it's it almost comes at a better place just because they know what you're about to experience and yes. so they know the words that need to be said and there's also it's so judgment free because they also know how hard it is yeah you know? I feel like you were texting me up until the moment I forget the last text I read from you but I think it was some, I it, it might have been something like just go to your own place like this is you now and I remember reading it and I was like I kept wanting to hide in the bathroom which is so funny wow so animalistic yes it was very very primal like I just wanted to go into a dark place alone and most of it I was with Johnny but then there were moments like really towards the end that I just kept like going to a little place and I just wanted to be by myself doing the thing and And then towards the end, like, I just, I don't know, I like picked a position that I, my body chose for me and it just started happening after when he, when she came and, um, and yeah, it was just like, I wasn't even really pushing. It was just Mm -hmm. laboring. And Mm -hmm. then it was not even too long until I said, oh my gosh, he has so much hair. Johnny, I just saw Johnny crying. That moment, it's like, okay, this is the height of the pain. It's like... I don't want to say ecstasy because that sounds hippie-ish and it's, it is. Know, people, it is, it's weird. It's like a pain, but also this like high of like, oh my gosh, I'm about to meet this baby. And yes, it is crazy pain, but like, I don't know. It was, it's weird. It's hard to explain. I don't know. How do you explain it? I don't know how to explain it. It's impossible to explain because it's also the worst pain of your entire life and you think you're dying. 
Yes, yes. But it's yeah. so split. It's like such the split second. I was going to ask you, even now sitting here 11 days postpartum, I, I don't want to make you do this because like, you're healing right now, but can't you still feel that feeling? Yeah. If I actually imagine the moment, I can feel it. Yes. And it's it's crazy because what I was going to say was um, like he started coming and I just knew that it wasn't time to push, but I don't know how I knew that. Like my body just was like, he's here, but like, don't do it yet. Wow. And- So that was kind of this like moment of self-control that I didn't even know I was capable of because with Grace, you know, when I V-backed, I wanted her out so quickly Mm. that I just kept, there was no breathing. There was no, I I mean, Mm -hmm. I was just like, I need to get this baby out of me. And and because of that, you know, it wasn't the greatest, like I definitely Mm -hmm. tore and things like that. Um, But with this one, with, with Augie, I was just like, I know that my body isn't ready for that moment yet and so I kind of just held him there which is crazy to even say (laughs) I don't know if that happened to you with Mm -hmm. but I just I I kind of I don't even know how I was able to bear that for maybe a minute and then I just kind of gave a little I wouldn't even say it was a huge push and he kind of pushed himself out (laughs) right right oh wow with every birth to be I feel like more control comes over you yeah. naturally just because we just know a little bit more. And it's funny because it's been a year or years since the last birth has happened, but right. something in you can open up in such a way better than the time before. And I mean, it's such a gift to be able to look back on how much you grow in labor as a yeah. human being. And just like from our first experiences where you know nothing, the second one you think you do and you just want to get it your way. And so you do, whether you grin and bear it like exactly or, you know, say, you know, you want her out as fast as possible, whatever it is you do. But then the third one, you don't grin and bear it. You open up and welcome it. Yeah, exactly. There's so much to life, like the lessons in these moments. And it's so true. Like, I think this whole, even the postpartum journey, like, I think that I had a moment postpartum, like this week, where it was such a high from being so happy about the birth that Mm -hmm. kind of forgot about the hardship of breastfeeding, you know, and the the things that can come postpartum. And I kind of had to remind myself, like, like this race isn't over, you know, you're still running, like you're still having to have the grace and the self-control that you had and the patience, like the waiting for him is almost the same in this season because it's like, okay, well, yes, he's here, but I also have to wait to get my body back. I have to to relearn how to breastfeed, you know, like there's all these other things. Mm -hmm. And so, I just think having a baby is so freaking formative. Like it, it is the biggest learner. For mm. me. I don't know how to say it. Like I learn more about myself every birth than I think in any other experience in life. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. It's like the holiest, hardest work there is. And yeah, whether you adopt, whether you are waiting for a baby, every experience of the time, like the one, the two, the three, the four, however many, it's just the lessons God has for you in it. Totally. And I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way with your births, but every, I feel like each birth really taught me something different. Like yes. this 
this was a birth of waiting. Like you have to wait, you have to trust, you have to believe that everything's going to be okay. And I, I still am feeling that theme even in postpartum. Wow. So that's crazy because even the song you and Johnny coined like months ago as like a really special song for you guys is wait on you by Maverick city. My most played song on Spotify. (laughs) Exactly. And it's just like, God is such a little detailer because yes, he knew that then. And he knows that now. And I think too, with how our babies come into this world, it kind of stays with them. I've heard that in like the most beautiful way. Like if your baby comes out screaming, which I've heard your baby is that way and and in in the beautiful way, because everything is a vice and a virtue. Everything's negative and positive. There's no like bad or good. It just is everything. And like to your point B, it's like every baby teaches you a brand new lesson. And I think if we give ourselves time to reflect and, you know, journal about it and sit with that, it's, really beautiful and powerful yeah oh it is wild um but yeah I don't know it's it's so good even though there's moments that you know are are tough but I think that Mm -hmm. the beauty on the other side is you know I I think after this I will probably always do natural just Mm. it, it really is conquering a fear um yes so yeah Oh, I love that. I have so many thoughts. But let me just ask, like, what would you say, like, for our listeners who've been here for years, you guys have been through the journey with B for the last two years and and beyond. I mean, your first baby years ago, um, you miscarried years ago. And then you had our sweet KJ. um, And then Gracie. And then last year was really, really, really hard. And part of the year before that. And so you've seen total desolation in this, in the season of, you know, labor, birth and waiting. Yeah. And I think many of our listeners have been there or were there or, you know, are just wondering like, God, when is my time? What can you, what advice can you give them? And from your own experience on the other side of this total consolation and joy and kind of like the feast, um, what can you say to all of that? Yeah, I, it's funny because I was just on a Zoom call um, with a group that I'm a part of right now, and they have these prayer nights. And um, I was on a call um, just about, like, prayer and support. And there was a part where they just said, hey, are there any intentions? And, you know, I think sometimes I've learned to – and through discernment, I have felt called, not everybody feels called to talk about their loss, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why I've just always felt like if I share, I feel like it will help somebody else who might be going through this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just felt on my heart, like, I think it was the week before he was born. I just shared with these ladies who I don't even really know. I was just like, could you guys please pray for me? Like I have a lot of anxiety leading up to this Mm -hmm. birth and it is because of X, Y, and Z that happened to me. And mm-hmm. I shared a little bit about how we had back-to-back losses. And it was funny because the girl who was leading the prayer night, um, she has her own ministry, super cool. Um, I actually sidebar talked to her about our retreats and she messaged me separately from the group and she said, would you mind staying on the call after? Mm-hmm. And I was 
kind of like, oh, I, I didn't know her, you know, I didn't know anything about her story, but, um, you know, and of course we have kids and I was just like, okay. Um, but I had no idea what she was going to talk about. And, um, she basically said to me, you know, I just had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very worried that I won't be able to get pregnant again. Um, (laughs) and like, basically like, how did you cope through this? And, it's something that is really hard because you just, you have no idea. Like you don't know what caused it. You don't know, you know, if it's going to happen again. And I think that it it becomes, you can either choose to be fully detached in a holy way, like not in a way of like, I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to show emotion, but really getting to a detachment where it's like, God, I know that you have a plan for my life. And I know that you want good things for my life. Um, And just because there are moments of suffering in our life, it doesn't mean that on the other side, he has something waiting for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really what that song talks about that we ended up loving so much and listening to is like, we are always waiting on something. Mm -hmm. That's the way the human condition is. Um, But I think when you're waiting on a child, that is something that is, you know, that is a heavy burden. And Mm -hmm. so people who, you know, are our listeners who are listening, who are going through that, whether you can't conceive at all, which is a really hard cross. And I know a lot of women have that. Um, Maybe you're waiting on an adoption, which I know many people um, are are in that season of waiting as well. Um, I think you just have to give it up. You have to give Mm -hmm. it up to God and really like choose every day to say, you know, I trust you. You know, we did the surrender novena, I think three times, like in the first trimester of this baby, because, you know, there were so many signs that I could have lost him. I had so much bleeding every day, you know, I had all of these, um, just things that were really worrisome. And so I really had to say, okay, God, you know, if, this baby is yours. If you are, if you want to take this baby back, then I have to, I have to be okay with that. You know, I have these two other beautiful kids and I have a husband and, you know, if it's your will and you want to, you want to take him back and I have to, you know, I have to accept that and thank, thank you, Jesus. That wasn't the plan, but, um, but sometimes that is the plan and that is it. We don't understand it. And, we'll never understand it. I think until we get to heaven and we meet those babies. But, um, I would just say, you know, when you are in a, in a state of desolation, whatever it is, whether it's wanting a child, having marriage difficulty, whatever it might be waiting for marriage. Um, I think that praying through that discernment of spirits that we've talked about in the other episodes is like always knowing that the consolation is on the other side. Yeah. And even a priest just said that to me in confession. He reminded me of that, that like, you know, periods of desolation, God is never going to leave you in the desolation. Mm-hmm. Just always praying for God, get me through this and get me to the other side where I will be consoled. Um, Cause he doesn't want us to stay there, but it is really hard. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think every time I look at him, I'm just like, is a miracle maker. He really, mm-hmm. he, it's just wild, like what he has in store when we trust. Um, but it is a radical trust sometimes. And he mm-hmm. asks us to do really hard things that we don't understand. Um, but yeah, I think just praying through that, like, and just total surrender, like the surrender novena, I can't rave about it. I'm mm-hmm. good. Oh, 
That's so good, sis. I love what you said about um, just surrendering and trusting through it all. Um, and that he never leaves us in desolation. It's so easy to think that in the moment. Yeah. And I think um, in prayer too, something recently that has just changed for me is thanking him in advance. Oh, I love that. Because he does desire what you desire more than you desire it. He yeah. desires your best, your very best. And so I think I, I think we did that for Augie. Like, thank you, God, so much for this natural labor and this perfectly healthy baby that is about to come, you know? So right. Like the thanking him in advance is almost like um, convincing yourself. Yes. And believing that it will happen and like believing that he wants it to happen. Yeah, it's so good. And then this consolation piece, too, is it's for a purpose. It's we all have these beautiful yes. moments, miracles from God, so Absolutely. that we can get through the times of desolation. Otherwise, we would just be poor, miserable little souls. But we know what he's capable yes. of because he's proven it time and time again. You just said reminded me of a screenshot I took of Jackie Hill Perry, my girl. <laughs> Your um, girl, I need to get to know this girl. I'm obsessed with her. her. I mean, her testimony is being a lesbian and now being straight. But I mean, I don't know. There's something about her that is just, she is so real. She is, she's just this like baller Christian. Anyways, I screenshotted this and it reminded me of what you just said. She said, I've started to rephrase my prayers. I usually ask God to be with me or with us or with them. He's good. So I know that he answers, but he also answered already. He has mm. promised to be with us, to never leave us, to never forsake us or who we're praying for. So now my prayer is, God, help us to believe that you are already with us mm. and it has made all the difference. Like oh. basically saying, I know that you want this good mm. for me. So I'm going to rephrase the prayer and say, you've already done it, you know, which is basically exactly what you just said. It's like the last thing he said was, it is finished. It's just, it's already finished. Everything. It's our, it's our own issue. It's, it's our own problem that we're We're in the way. Yes, we're in the way. Um, But your story B is just one I want so many to hear because it's not easy to be strong and graceful and also be to listen to like advice. I think that can be hard too when you have experienced such loss that, you know, everyone has this positivity story. Like, don't worry, my cousin of blah, 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 blah to them and they are fine. And it's like, I appreciate, I know I appreciate you, but (laughs) I'm in my own thing now. And I just, I, um, I admire how graceful you've been with everyone, you know, trying to, help you and saying that it actually helped you and um you took those things to the to your own cross of labor and delivery and now birth yeah everyone's going to give advice and i I think too like even something i say might be like to a woman who hasn't ever conceived like she might hear be like she doesn't understand what i've been through well that's true you know but i've only been through what i've been through Mm -hmm. um and overcome my, the crosses that I've been presented. But, um, but you're right. People are always going to say people who haven't experienced what you've experienced are maybe going to share things. Um, Mm -hmm. and that did happen to me, but it was funny, like talking about the instinct of a woman leading up to birth. I think I talked (laughs) 
about this a couple days before. Yeah. People were so sweet and giving me all this advice, but it was almost like I would hear certain things and I would immediately know like nope. that's not useful for me. Like I don't need like and it wasn't like oh I'm mad at her or I'm upset. It was, right. it was like my brain knew I was so ready um, to give birth that I knew the words I needed to take with me and I knew the words that I needed to let go. It was weird. It was this thing that it didn't bother me if certain people said things. I just kind of tuned it out and I'm like, nope, like these are the things I'm taking in that room with me. And so I think the, like a female's just whole body takes over when that. And that's, yeah, that's the moral of the story of childbirth is that it's between you and God alone mm-hmm. like no midwife no doula no friend yeah there I say no husband like no person is capable of climbing that mountain but you alone and I felt that after Franny's birth just because it was my first one and oh. it was so fast so powerful that transition was the whole time because it was so quick oh. um, that afterwards it was just so fast that the midwife the doula or someone midwife Dorothy came in and laid with me and she said oh it's okay Mackenzie if you're feeling so much right now. And I want to say that to you too, sis, because yeah. it's, you just did so much that no one else understands and no one else can yeah. feel because no one walked your story leading up to Augustine's arrival. Yeah. It was you and God alone. You yeah. were the one going to advocate for yourself with doctors and you were the one keeping him healthy and alive and you were the one doing the extra research and taking the extra supplements and going the extra 10 miles because only a mama bear knows what to do I guess I didn't talk about that but in the beginning yeah I mean I guess other than the spiritual aspect of the waiting I think that this birth also taught me to really trust my instincts and that's what I've tried to tell a lot of women who have reached out to me about um, fertility issues or, um, secondary for infertility is your body knows what you need. Mm-hmm. And you, I, I think we've gotten to a culture, especially in America, where we really bow down to the system of doctors. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm really not trying to sound hippie here, but mm-hmm. in my experience, it's become so corporate and run like a business that that doctor who has only seen you for 10 minutes probably of your entire life could not possibly know your body better than you. Mm. And so with, with um, Augustine and starting to have the bleeding and stuff, like I knew that I will lose this baby if I don't figure out a solution. And then, um, and then the story is um, I will just shout her out. She's this, (laughs) She has a beautiful account. Her her name is Lindsay, and she has an account, Just Love Prince. And she um, is a Catholic artist. And out of nowhere, she messaged me and said, um, I know you've had loss. She No one knew I was pregnant because um, I did not tell anybody. And she had just messaged me. And this was the exact day that I called the OB. And the OB said to me, Um, these are not good signs, you know, you probably should just prepare for a miscarriage. And I had a DM from this girl, Lindsay, and she does not know me. And she just said, I felt called to reach out to you and tell you that I think you should, um, you should look into progesterone injections. 
Oh my gosh. I knew nothing about progesterone or injections or anything like that. But my, again, going back to like trusting your gut and your instinct, something told me like, I need to get these today. And Mm -hmm. I knew, and that's not totally like me because I don't usually jump to like, I need injections. Like I think that it's, you know, that, that just is not who I am. And so, but something took over and I, I really got heated with my OB and I said, you know, if you guys call yourself a pro-life practice, like we have to try everything we possibly can and I'm going to go pick these myself and I'm coming to your office and like one of your nurses is going to give me this injection. (laughs) And they were basically like, Oh, sweet girl. Like this is not going to work, but they said, we'll do it. You know, if it makes you happy. And um, long story short, we did them for a few days and there was a heartbeat and the bleeding stopped and they literally, apologized to me they were like you know what like you were right you trusted your instincts and all the nurses were like you know this is we are shocked by this um Mm -hmm. and so yeah I mean all babies are a miracle but he to me like he felt like such a miracle um and so yeah on the hard postpartum days and nights I just look at him and I'm like remember how much you prayed for this you know and you know the the hard and the good so yeah and he went through it with you sis like the stories you'll get to tell him in years time like you know those don't end like it's like he earned this you know you this and no like he's got something big in store for him because I'm just like what what does God have planned for your little life and it's such a comedy because St. Monica prayed so hard for that kid. Right. Like for years, it, there, she's said to like be the biggest prayer warrior of all. And you know nothing about her except how hard she prayed for her son. Right. So. Um, it is, I was thinking about that. I'm like, well, I don't even... I mean, we know why we named him Augustine, but I'm I'm so excited to read more about him. I'm like reading a mm. book about him now and and more about Saint Monica because I just love the story, like you said, that she never gave up on praying for him or her husband. You know, there's so many people in our lives that we we're never going to give up on. You know, no matter mm-hmm. what. It and was. I think you've said this before, be like when we pick a saint. Um, it unfolds with you. Like you're growing with that relationship. Like even when I named Therese six years ago before she was born, I didn't know anything about Therese. In fact, I found her quite annoying, but I still chose the name. And it's you know, almost like you can't explain it. Like why I felt called to choose the name. And it makes sense for them. Like years later, we know why we have a Grace. We have a Francis. Oh. We have a, you know, it's like they're yeah it's wild how that is and the saint really takes I I feel like the saint takes on your family and Mm -hmm. you you get these little god winks from heaven Mm -hmm. okay like I see you it's just it's really sweet and I think it's a beautiful thing about being catholic you know not everyone might understand it but I think it's like to have these saints lives be a reminder in our own children I think is just the coolest thing Mm. Amen. Mm-hmm. But I have to ask you a very important question. How did my goddaughter's first day of kindergarten go? Oh my gosh. 
it is a free for all up in here. I'm just like trying to internalize your mother. Um, it was so good. We had our morning prayer, our morning basket. We read um, Winnie the Pooh. It's crazy town with the toddler and the one-year-olds now. You're a superwoman. I don't even know <sighs> how you're doing it, but I, I want to hear all about it. Well, it's just that we just, it's the same, like you were saying about Augustine joining your family. It's like every day gives you a new task and a new grace. Yeah. And yeah. you just grow with these babies. And it's quite crazy because years ago, I think B and I texted about this, you guys. We were like, who would have thunk six kids between the both right? <laughs> So in my mind, like if, if mothers had a LinkedIn page solely about what oh. they do with their kids, like I, I was just like, if someone could see what's happening in my house right now, <laughs> breastfeeding and reading a story and managing a shower and like, the multitasking happening here, I feel like that could just, really transfer well in like a high-powered corporate office <laughs> like, like a mom could literally run shit like wherever she wants she totally could and I'm never a husband shamer I'll never shame husbands because they are just the rock and like so powerful and we wouldn't be dead without our husbands and they're just so awesome but right. I always laugh at Colin because I'll be like can you hold her or, or like he'll hold her one and then- you know and he'll be like can you do this because I'm holding her and I always laugh and he'll laugh hearing this because if they saw us during the day without him they would be like what the heck just happened it's, it's unreal it, it, it's night and day and the amount of priests that I've talked to about that like like you said like I mean Johnny's amazing but I would be like and he didn't like know wanted him to be with all the kids like just you know, like, yes. like I am, and like our priest friend, who I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, was yeah. like, Bridget. He's a man. Like, why? Why do you want him to know how to do those things? Right. Your husband to be a woman, like. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I guess that's Dude. true. Like, we are different. And we so are different. That is something I've definitely had to. I, I totally didn't see that when we were first married. I I think I assumed that men and women should equally yes. be nurturers, you know, and that's just not the case. And we are so lucky with the ones we, with the ones we got. I know oh, that for oh. sure. Cause I know not a lot of guys are as, um, I like hands on hands on. Yes. But it's such a gift because maybe God knows how little I am without the help or how much I can't get done. Oh, but, um, it, it's true. It's like, it's just so funny how we use I wish I had a better word, but like the crevices of the day, like, okay, this child is sitting for two seconds with a hot dog. I'm actually going to go blow dry my hair in the matter of four minutes. The third child, because it's only been 11 days, but (laughs) this I think is going to be a game changer in terms of time management. Oh, with three. This. Yes. Like, have you become so much more efficient? I bet. Well, because we have no choice. Like, it's just a fact. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Every hour has a purpose and every minute has a a job to get done. And of course there's time for, you know, relaxing. But let me just tell you, years ago, I this is a story I like to say. I lived on a base in the desert, you know this. Mm-hmm. And I was hosting book club that night and I had one child and was just just flabbergasted at how I was gonna clean the house. And so my friend Casey, who had six children, 
offered to take Therese for the day so I could clean multiple kids. Fast forward to today at 9 a.m. when that child, the third child goes down for her morning nap, I am working out and the girls are figuring it out. There's no, there's no movie. They are playing somehow wow. and they, they shall not bother me. And wow. I don't mean that to be like, I ditch my children. I am with them. And how did you do that, sis? Because you just freaking do it. <laughs> do it. And you're like, I am going to do this. But that's the third child lesson. But you don't you think like you just said it 11 days in and you're already seeing the fruits. You're like, oh, this is how it's going to be. I mean, I'm seeing glimmers of it. I, I can't wait till we actually conquer those moments. But you know, like you said, every day is like, like last night was the first time that Johnny had class again. And so I had to be with all of them before bed. And I was like, okay, well, bye. And it was just this moment of like, okay, go do this. Like, okay, that is not easy. 10 days postpartum and three at once is honestly one postpartum and 10 days you know like that it's like you're honestly just like okay I'm gonna figure this out like yes wow and you do so I think that's the advice to all who are listening like whatever you want to get done or whatever you let me put it this way whatever you need to be a, a like a good healthy thriving joyful mother because let me tell you I don't want to be the mom that has t- seven kids six kids by any number of children and I don't want to be grouchy yeah. I, like that's my goal in life is to not I love that slump around and be like, yeah, I have these kids, but I'm not joyful about it. I want to be so thankful I have these kids. Yes. Yes. And so we need, you know, we need our time together. You guys are so good at that, like getting the like the date nights in or, you know, B and I are trying to be good about letting our husbands go for a weekend. They were just on a weekend together. Those things go a long way, sis. Amen. Amen. And I think it all adds up to, like you said, the happiness factor and like, you know, just reminding ourselves that these are the days, you know, I think people are waiting for the days and it's like, no, we are going to, we're going to miss this. We will miss the chaos. Yeah. We miss the sleepless nights. So, I mean, so grateful for it all and to be doing it with, with other friends, you know, yeah. it's crazy. It's almost like women, like women have a natural instinct to help other women. Yes. And I love that. And I want to hold on to that feeling in life. Like, just like, yeah. what can oh. I, like, can I just live in this posture of, I want to die for you. Like, yes. I take you through your cross with you because that's like the art of a woman is like that. I can oh, feel the your art of a woman. Yeah. That I can feel what you're feeling right now because God made me this way. He made me compassionate and sensitive. He made our wow. just like hurting for these people. That's why labor is so funny. Oh. And what a great plug for a retreat. I just want to say. <laughs> women helping women. Like, I don't know what else to tell you people. Like, you we need have to two spots. Over. Exactly. We have two spots left. And I know someone's listening who's like, yeah, I think that would be an awesome retreat. And guess what? You are right, my friend. It is going to be a life-changing weekend. So sign up. DM us. You need to come. You need to be there, sisters. We can't wait to add you to the sister crew. Uh. Okay, this is perfect. Augie's waking up right now. Tell him I love him. I can't Uh. wait to see you guys. Thanks for listening to Unraveled Podcast. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.